0: Today's Bible readings from four parts in the Bible. The first part is from Acts chapter one, verse one to eleven. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria Who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven the second part is from uh, ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ until we all attend to the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the measure of the statue of the fullness of christ the third part is from first peter chapter 3 verse 8 to 18 finally all of you has unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, and you may attain, obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love, to love life and seek good days, let him sorry let him uh, keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him speak peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you when you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteous sight, you will be blessed, have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that, when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. The fourth part is from Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, who all labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you, Hank and uh, Pastor Jos, for trusting me to speak today here in your church. And... uh, I hope you are not scared for the many passages we read and think now when will we will have our lunch <laughs> I will not be long. I used to be short in my sermons after I have been very long and people were not listening carefully so I thought I better change my, my, uh, my sermons um, uh, and making them a little bit more short. I want to read one more passage, (laughs) so we are not done yet. (laughs) And if you become suspicious, that's okay too, (laughs) that this will be a long sermon. A few verses from the Gospel of John, where uh, something happens that will kind of be the, um, the context of the whole sermon, the idea behind it. Two disciples heard him say, they heard John the Baptist speaking. Two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. What uh, John the Baptist said is, Behold, the Lamb of God, pointing to Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? in verse 32, and I close with this, he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. While I was thinking about this, he brought him to Jesus this morning, I just realized Andrew was not an apostle yet. He became an apostle, yes. He became one of the twelve. But he was not at that moment. He was somebody looking to find meaning in life, to find the long-awaited Messiah. And he then found him and then introduced his brother Pedro to Jesus. Last week... 27th of March uh, uh, Well, I remembered that 34 years ago I found Jesus it was 27th of March 1988 so it's quite some time ago I was then a young man 20 years old and I was a bit like confused about life and I found Jesus how did I find him? very simple My mother, who is now with the Lord, already one year, she gave me the New Testament when I went to the military. And she told me, Solomon, take this book, it will help you. I don't know if it... um, Take this book and it will help you. I left it ten months aside, and then one day I picked it up, started to read with one desire. I want to know what is life all about. And I was surprised because the teaching of Jesus did draw me to him. And the person of Jesus was so attractive. I couldn't lay it down. I was reading and reading and reading and after a few months I found Jesus. And people helped me. So my first reaction was, wow. That's amazing. I can know God personally. And you can imagine, I wanted to tell my friends about it. So I went to my friends, and uh, with another friend, we found Jesus together. Paul, he's a pastor in, uh, in Athens now, the same day, 27th of March. We went to our friends, and that was like a, um, a heavy metal um, uh, um, uh, um, club in Katerini. <laughs> And we said to our friends, we have found Jesus. And they were looking us. we were coming from another planet. Um, And uh, our way of doing it was not always the best. We were sometimes too direct. You can imagine, you know, um, uh, um, these people like uh, bang their heads quite a lot when they listen to music. And it's quite loud. And we were shouting inside this club, we have found Jesus. And uh, it just turned us around. And... uh, well, a friend of mine said, uh, I think you soon will be back here. <laughs> um, uh, it's maybe some of these things that happen in your life, but after 34 years, I'm more excited about Jesus that I found then than for the, first day, for the first day. And so, witnessing is the theme. Witnessing. And uh, the title I gave to the sermon is Short Encounters That Can Have a Greater Impact. Short Encounters That Can Have a greater impact. I hope you can get away from the picture of this heavy metal club. Um, uh, And uh, now I'm on my right mind, yes. But I'm very enthusiastic about my faith. And uh, I'm sure that you are, who know the Lord, enthusiastic about your faith. And how can we have short encounters in our daily life that will have a little bit of greater impact, greater influence in the life of others? And I have four points. Each point will take maybe two or three minutes. So, in about 12, 13 minutes, we'll be done. So, the first point is this. The first point is this we have to realize that God expects us, God expects us to be His witnesses. We read in Acts chapter 1 you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That was what Jesus said before his ascension. His ascension happened that day. He left to heavens and he's, he will come again back in the same way. And we live in the in-between period now. And he said, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses every day, every single day until the end of the earth. So here where you are living now, in your own context but further down as well and some of you will go missionaries some of you will send missionaries to the end of the earth so the first thing is this we have to realize that Jesus expects us to be his witnesses why because when the Spirit of God will come upon us something will happen we will receive power in Acts chapter 2 the Spirit of God in Pentecost came and they received power. And uh, the Apostle Paul explains what happened in Romans 5 and verse 5. He says, the love of God is poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit. So the Pentecost is an experience of the love of Christ in a very personal, intimate way. And when you have experienced this love of Christ... You want other people to know this love of Christ as well. You will receive power. J.B. Phillips, one, uh, in one of his books, he said, Don't ask a task according to your power, but ask power according to your task. Ask power according to the expectations that God has for you so that you can grow. So, the first thing is this Jesus expects us to be his witnesses. It is not something like it's a nice idea for um, um, the pastor or the elders or the evangelists. It is for everybody. And that's something that Jesus asked from us because it will be a blessing for us. And now, from the expectation, let us go to the distinction that I would like to make. We read Ephesians 4. We are still in the first point. The expectation that everybody will be his witness, who knows Jesus, is clear then in Acts chapter 1. Verse eight. But then we have to make a distinction between general responsibility and spiritual gifts. And why is this distinction important? Because sometimes, some people may think to proclaim the good news or to share the good news is something that some people have to do, which is the evangelists. But if we read the Bible carefully, in combination with Ephesians 4, it says... Christ, who ascended into heavens, he gave gifts. You remember the gifts? Some were teachers, some were prophets, the apostles, pastors and teachers, and I miss one. Which did I miss? That's a break to get your attention. (laughs) Pastors, apostles, teachers, who is missing? Evangelist. Thank you, Jonathan. The gift of an evangelist. Now, the gift of an evangelist has different, different, uh, different ideas connected to it. It is the person who is the gift to the church. And the role is that those who are the gift to the church, Pastor Jos is a gift to this church, and it's a tremendous blessing to have people who proclaim the word of God faithfully, It's a gift to the church to do one thing, to equip the saints, to train the saints, to prepare the saints to do the work of the ministry. So an evangelist can be part of a local church and has a job not only to proclaim outside, that's part of his job, of his calling, he can reap the harvest, but he also can be someone who can mobilize the local church and equip the church how to do it the gift of an evangelist and that's a special gift and not everybody has this gift because we have different gifts but then make this distinction general responsibility everybody is expected to be a witness for Christ and spiritual gifts everybody has a different role and the evangelist has a different role too and Ephesians 4 very specific role to equip the church to do the work and go out and witness for Christ so after we have done, talked about the expectation, about the distinction that is very important because then you realize the gift of an evangelist is not an excuse for me not to be a witness for Christ, but it is an extra blessing so that I will be more um, better prepared to um, be a witness. Third, we have a diverse audience outside there. I'm reading a book at the moment with some student workers. It's called The Myth of the non christian And the myth of the non-Christian has one basic idea. Don't think that one message applies to everybody who is outside there. Because there are different people with diverse backgrounds, with diverse different kind of thoughts about God and worldviews. And they say in this book that please remember that you have to learn to understand who the other person is, what he believes, where does he come from, and then help them from that place to discover more about God, there are outside. There atheists. There are agnostics. There are Buddhists. There are um, uh, um, uh, Muslims. There are, um, uh, there are the spiritual but not religious. That's a nice group. Spiritual but not religious, and you can, the list can go on. So you have to learn to listen carefully to understand where are they, and then apply the gospel to them and help them see it. Give them the information they need. So we need some training here to be better equipped in the 21st century as the Church of Jesus Christ to actually be able to communicate in a way that people can understand. So that's the first thing. We leave it now. We are expected to be His witnesses. Spiritual gifts are given to equip the Church to be a witness for Christ. And there is outside there a diverse audience. And we have to make sure we are ready to share the good news in a way that helps them understand. My second point is this. What then should we do? How can we have short encounters with greater impact? And the apostle Peter will help us here. And the verse I would like to focus for the next few minutes is from Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. He says, "In your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone" who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The next three things more or less come from this passage. And uh, the second is, how can we have short encounters with a greater impact in our daily lives with people that we are working together, our neighbors, our relatives? Peter says, with an attitude that is gentle, gentle attitude or an attitude of meekness. This word can be translated both as gentle and meek and that's very important. People may disagree with you in a few things, but if you see your attitude that you're gentle, that you're meek, that you're open, that you are willing to talk with them. They will listen. Let me tell you a story. My brother became a Christian uh, many years ago. And when he was in Germany, we grew up as a family in Germany, he felt a little bit lonely and he needed to um, connect with some people that will help him. Now, there was one lady, her name was Frau Mack. Frau Mack was a very sweet, older lady, very kind, meek, Gentle, she was like a clear representation of what gentleness means and meekness. And she had grandchildren. And she never separated her grandchildren from my brother. He was a Greek, and she's a German. And my brother always felt loved by this lady. When my, my brother grew up as a teenager, then a young man, he went through different phases and was a troubled young man. From Max's house was always open. And she was very relaxed. My brother was kind of um, uh, wanting to smoke in her house and talk about his problems. She was praying, yeah, please smoke, it's okay. (laughs) Um, uh, Feel free. Um, uh, That's a place where you can be um, uh, yourself. Talk to me. And he was spending hours talking to Frau Mag about his problems. Why? Because she was open. She was gentle. She was meek. She was open to receive him. And after many years when he became a Christian he says she marked my life, she left her mark on my life because she was a clear picture of what God looks like, gentle and meek. Now we read from Matthew chapter 11 the call of Jesus who says come to me. You remember these verses? And how does Jesus describe himself? He says, come to me, I will give you rest. Learn from me because I am gentle, meek, and humble in heart. Again, this same word that Peter is using about gentleness, about meekness, is exactly the same word that Jesus is uses about himself. I'm meek, I'm gentle. And that's a general call for everybody to come to Jesus come because I am meek and gentle. And that's why he's attractive. We can approach him. He's approachable. And because he's approachable, God, the God he represents is approachable. I'm meek and gentle. So in our effort to communicate the good news to the people around us, we should also grow in this quality. Meek and gentle. So let's move to the third point I have. Which is, how can we have, in our know, short encounters, greater impact? Use few words. You don't have to give all the good news in one time. You can take it in parts. You can relax. You want to understand the other person, understand what he thinks, what his needs are, and so on. Few words. And let me read you from my pocket Bible, from the New new. New Living Translation I like the way they put it here Um, again the same verse instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life and if someone asks about your Christian hope always be ready to explain it if someone asks you about the hope always be ready to explain it give a reason of your faith of the hope that is within you be open to explain it but do it in two ways, in gentleness and respect it says, but the word there is fear. And Let me give you the context here, fear, why with fear? Why should we communicate the good news with fear? Gentleness I understand, why fear? The original is fear, they translated it here as respect, the NRSV says, Reverence, and I think that's closer to the meaning. Reverence, why? Here's the reason why Peter said to the the Christians, in um, he's addressing, Don't fear their fear, they are threatening you. Don't fear their fear, witness with gentleness and fear. Why fear here? Well, while you are gentle and open and meek and loving, you also stand in the presence of God when you witness with fear. Which means like you are not called to be always politically correct. You are one called to witness with fear that us, the Old Testament prophets, were saying, this says God in the presence of whom I stand. you let the gospel trouble them not your attitude your attitude should be like open and loving but let them be troubled by the gospel with fear that's amazing Peter puts it in this context gentleness, meekness and this word means not that you are weak The gentle person, the meek person in the New Testament is someone who has power, strength inside but can control it. He's not the one who is exploding but can control it and use it for the right purpose. Meekness. Jesus was the humble servant but he was also the lion of Judah. Meekness. I'm meek. You remember like C.S. Lewis in his Chronicles of Narnia, the beaver asked they were asked, the children asked the the beaver, "Um, well is he like uh, dangerous? and the beaver laughs and says, dangerous? He's a lion. But he's good. He's good. He's good. So use few words. And here's the tip. Before you give an answer to the questions people have, ask questions. That's very practical. So, this week when you meet people, Listen carefully what they say. If you have an opportunity to talk about the good news, be just open that you are a Christian, you went to church, you heard this Greek guy speaking about different things. I went to the church, I am somebody who loves Jesus. And Just be open, you don't have to say many things. If a conversation starts, listen carefully and ask questions. Ask questions to show interest. Ask questions to understand what they believe. And then you will be ready to give enough information to help them further. Use few words. And this can have a huge impact in their lives. And my last point is this. Small acts of kindness. In this context of First Peter, when people persecute you, there was social persecution. Keep doing the good thing. Small acts acts of kindness continue say good things to those who insult you don't repay with insults it says in verse 8 but in verse 9 but repay with blessing say good things about the others even those who you. say good things bless them because you were called to inherit a blessing and keep on doing the good thing even if you suffer because even Christ suffered died on the cross so that he can bring us to God. Keep on doing the good thing. Small, kinds of, small acts of kindness that can impact others. What are the maybe one or two things that you can do to people that you will meet this week? Small acts of kindness. You remember, I don't know who's, um, who of you like the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. I'm a one who likes it quite a lot. And Gandalf, in a moment, um, that's in the Hobbit series, when these strange powers, they they know the darkness is coming and they will have to fight strange and huge powers. They say, what will happen now? And Gandalf returns and says this. Some believe it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I have found that it is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk, ordinary people that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. I was a student and one day I was really depressed, nothing was working, my mind was confused and my desk looked like bombarded and another fellow student came in and saw me uh, like I was in misery. And he said, what's going on here? I left the room. It was really bad. Um, I was disappointed, depressed. I didn't want to continue even my studies. I didn't know what to do. I left the room. And in a few minutes I came back. When I came back, I saw a card in, on my desk. I saw the card. I read it. It was from First Peter, a verse. And it says, give all the cares you have on the Lord because he cares for you. God took this verse encouraged me so much. I put the room in order. Everything was perfect. Sit down on the desk, open the lights, put music, start to read. The guy comes in back and says, Hey Solomon, how are you? And comes and sees my desk all in order (laughs) and says, What's going on here? (laughs) Do you have a problem that I didn't realize? I said, No. You just put a card there that impacted me that had a huge impact now i was a christian but you can apply this to non-christians look around you many people just need a little bit of encouragement affirm them of who they are the good things they are doing, they are doing. do something that can help them small acts of kindness that you can do so how can we have short as we close short encounters in our daily lives with a little bit bigger impact Gentleness. Peter would say, communicate with a gentle, meek spirit. Be, be meek and gentle. Even to those who resist. That's the last verse I read. Um, the Apostle Paul says, Correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance. Also, the opponents correct them with gentleness. Because God can do something there. So, gentleness, an attitude of gentleness. Know that you are expected to be a witness. You have experienced the love of Christ. And people outside there need desperately Jesus. The one thing they need is Jesus. Few words, try to understand them. Ask questions, show interest, what they believe. And finally, small acts of kindness. Just Let it go out. Bless them. And you, I'm sure, are creative to do it. Closing with Andrew, we have found Jesus. We have found Jesus, Peter. And the next thing, he brought Peter to Jesus. And he was not an apostle yet. And we can bring others to Jesus with the power that God gives us let us pray thank you father for the resources you gave us the wonderful experience to know you thank you for the mission you gave us to communicate the love of Christ with others around us thank you for your providence that it is not a just a chance where we are you have placed us with purpose and thank you for the opportunities you give us Help us this week to let this love go out. Guide us with your spirit. Amen.